Farrell not going to be able to make the pass as they go down into turn number one for the last time. Up onto the back straightaway, it's still John Wilson out in front, Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill, the top three. Bobby Vaughn looks to the inside of Hill, going to make one last shot at it. No, he blows a tire or something off. Loses position there, and down the front straightaway, it's Juke and John Wilson with the win. All right, it is time for Inside Florida Racing. Rob, you're with me, man. Oh, yeah, I'm here all the way, folks. Uh, you're listening to the uh, number one internet racing radio show in Florida. Award-winning. Do we win awards? We give awards away. <laughs> I know. Well, Rob, we're in deep, deep trouble tonight. The show could cannot possibly go anywhere tonight, of course. Yes, we've been uh, floating in the rain. Uh, everybody's glad to finally have rain upon them. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that a lot of races uh, actually did go off. Uh, some didn't. Check it out. Rick Angies, Bill Green, Rob Kohler, myself, we all got in uh, Bill's big old whatever that red monster is and headed to Georgia. We got to the other side of Lakeland and got a call from Ken Kenny and said, this is on Friday morning, said, it's all canceled for the whole weekend. Twenty minutes later, we opened Hooters in uh, in Brandon, Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's a stand-up thing for him to do, to call it early before everybody gets there. You know, you remember uh, uh, Tony Parker at Bronson, he called his deal that he was going to have last week, and I, I think uh, I thought we all kind of laughed at that, but looks like um he hit it he, he he hit the nail on the head but they actually did actually get their show in yeah um but you know it's a smart thing to do i mean who knew that we were going to have all this rain um we need it so nobody's really complaining about it but uh i see that auburndale got their races their whole deal off there at 17 late models at their racetrack um other classes uh, raced at uh, many other tracks. Obviously, the dirt tracks didn't fare so well. Yeah. It's like uh, Orlando, New Smyrna, they all got raced off. Yeah, and you, uh, I don't know if you picked up on that, but the the, the reason that we're, we, we, there's no way we could possibly pull this show off tonight is is uh, the lovely uh, Miss Cece Brooks is not, uh, not with us tonight. She uh, is under the weather. <laughs> So you won't have all your nice announcements like you always get them. Uh, um, I guess to start the show, uh, you're listening to uh, Inside Florida Racing with Rob Bonehead Elting right here. And, uh, of course, uh, as always, Mr. Jack Smith, um, who's, uh, it's your birthday. Yesterday. Yeah, is that true? As Yesterday. As yesterday. a matter of fact, I finally achieved uh, adulthood at, uh, finally, after, after a hard, uh, long, hard deal, I finally achieved adulthood. And, uh. And uh, what do you do when you turn 60, Rob? 
Well, 60. when you, uh, when, I thought you were fifty. Yeah. Well, when when you turn sixty, you see, in these days and times, what you do is there's only one thing to do. Let's get a Fender Stratocaster for a birthday present and decide to pick the guitar up after an absence of 30 years. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, and if you retire, you can get your $250 stimulus check. <laughs> You're not old enough for that yet. <laughs> anyway, hey, listen to this, man. I, I just talked a few minutes ago to uh, got to be the hottest asphalt race car driver in Florida these days. No doubt out of Florida, let's say. Um, I know who that would be. That could be our only who we talked to last week. Yeah, I just got off the phone with Drew Brannon. He was just getting on the planes to uh, to fly home after uh, after winning at the Milwaukee Mile. Yeah, and you know it looks like he got the bump. He got the inside Florida race <sighs> bump after talking to him last week. He went up there and pretty much handily put he qualify like maybe second or something. He, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have all the details, but he, uh, he held he off, it. he, he held off Landon Cassell, and that's a, you know, that was a, an accomplishment on that particular track, the big, the big uh, Milwaukee Mile, which is, uh, I've talked, I've never been there, but I've interviewed all those guys, Eddie Hoffman, and all those guys from from that area up there that are longtime stars that race at that place, and uh, to win there. It's just unbelievable, and his fourth—that's his fourth ASA late model win of this of the season, his seventh feature victory this year. And to say he is not—I mean, he, he tore him up over at New Smyrna during Speed Weeks, and he's now tearing up the ASA uh, late model. This was a challenge uh, uh, ASA late model challenge series, the big series within that whole deal, and uh, quite an accomplishment for the young man. And we're all proud of him, that's for sure. Yeah, um, he's really. Uh Really doing well, and Butch Miller uh, seems to have some real encouraging words to speak about him, uh, that he's doing real well and adapting to uh, his racing style. And, uh, you know, if he takes on the persona style of Butch Miller and goes out there and uses it, I believe uh, he'll really do well. Yeah, I'll tell you, another uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, huh? He was uh, on our show about six weeks ago or so, and... uh um, you folks that didn't get to watch Bump Day, uh, you know, I would say that he had, him and uh, Tagliani had the most uh, uh, trying day because, you know, these things, they go all the way to the end of the day, you know, and he ended up being on the bubble at the end and ended up being the last guy on the racetrack and just barely made it in the show for the Indy 500. So. Now, didn't he come in fourth last year or was it? Six. Okay, he was running up in the top five, and then eventually came in sixth last year. Yeah. Listen, he he's got a plan. Okay, he knew what he was doing because he knows if you can't start on the front. Doesn't matter where you start in that deal. You know what? Well, you know what? Uh, the thirty third, um, the thirty third qualifier got yesterday. Got an extra cool fifty grand. Fifty k. That's right. <laughs> you know, and that'll buy some. Uh, I'll buy some Firestone. <laughs> I was in a couple of offices today, and it was amazing. Uh, that was the, the one of the things people were talking about in offices around uh, today. It was amazing. It, it, uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty big news. Next week, uh, we're going to have a special guest here on uh, Inside Florida Racing. Once again, I'll tell you. Uh, grows, huh? Yeah, well, our producer for the karting segment, uh, Mike Portman, is uh, just doing a stellar job this year, I'll tell you. He's round up uh, Lake Speed. Now, Lake Speed won the International Karting Federation 
national championship six times. And in 1978, he won the Karting World Championship, which is an enormous accomplishment. And uh, as of this year, he is the only American to ever win that championship. And he's also a six-time United States karting champion. Well, okay, so he's a karting. Well, for people who don't may not know, Lake Speed also ran in 402 NASCAR Winston Cup races. Yeah, Winston Cup, because they weren't called Sprint Cup then. Uh, over 19 years, won at Darlington in, 90, in 88, and had 75 top 10s. He'll be with us on Inside Florida Racing next Monday night. Now, who says we can't get the big guest? We've got Mike Portman. By golly, we can get the big guest. <laughs> That's right. And and there's there there's a there's a couple of things we're working on that can't even talk about it. But I tell you what, there's a couple of these things we're working on that if we pull these off this year, it's gonna blow these it's gonna blow the people's minds that we actually could do this stuff. But it's all we're gonna have it. We're gonna have our hundredth anniversary show coming up. So uh, it's gonna be uh, yeah. We're working on some. If you make the list to be on our hundredth anniversary show, then you know that you've really. Us and we're going to hit these things again, but uh, later in the show we'll, we'll hit, cover this again. But uh, uh, Real Racing USA uh, will be live broadcasting the uh, Scott Thompson Memorial from East Bay Raceway Park this coming Saturday night. Um, we've been invited by East Bay Raceway Park to, to come do this, and uh, hosts uh, Rick Angie's. Bill Green, and this time we're going to be uh, adding uh, color commentator Billy Osborne to help with this event, and uh, uh, it will probably be uh, one of the best productions that we've ever pulled off on a live broadcast, and uh, we're really excited about that. We're going to talk to Todd Hutto, who is a very close friend of the Thompson family since he was a young lad, actually, and he's going to be with us in the second hour tonight. We're also going to go over the Henry County race schedule for July 18th and 24th. It has, but we have the information on uh, what's running those first two uh, two uh, weekends that uh, Henry County Motorsports Park opens, and we'll have that later in the in the show as well. Um, Rob, who else we have on tonight? Dave Westerman. Oh, he's been hanging out in the dirt track over Evolution, man. So I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about. He usually does. And as a matter of fact, we're going to talk to Justin Ellison, who uh, has some information on uh, things going on up at uh, Don Arone's, uh Columbia Motorsports Park. Fast car update, hopefully, as usual. See if we could sneak into their meeting if they have one. They didn't have one last week. Did we say Phil Harp's going to be on the uh, Not yet. founder and uh, promoter of the Soto Champ Kart Series? No, we're going to yeah, talk to Phil Harp. Him tonight on our karting segment. Uh, He's uh, somebody that just had a dream and put it to work. There you have it. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. There's no doubt about it. Also, we're going to talk to young uh, Christian Augsburger, uh, probably right now the youngest uh, late model dirt racer in Florida, I would imagine. Thirteen. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There were some people at... Uh, it was amazing that anybody got their show in this weekend in Florida, and uh, a few did. Um, we're going to talk next week, uh, Rob, 
I think what we're going to do next week is we're going to talk about asphalt late model racing um, and uh, next Monday night show. So, um, speaking of late model racing, uh, yeah, Raymond Lovelady won the late model race at Auburndale. For those of you that shop at Race Car Engineering, you know Raymond Lovelady is Raymond, who always talks to you there when you're trying to order parts. Yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Let me tell you this, Jack. Yes, sir. You guys all know out there, a family into the cattle business, you know, and back in the family business here when I came back to Tampa. Um, uh, we had somebody come haul some cattle for us the other day. Guess who it was? I... There's another cattle hauler that is synonymous with racing. I can't even imagine. Well, there used to be a flag man at Sunshine Speedway named Laverne Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Laverne, Laverne is also a cattle hauler. That's what he does for a living is he hauls cattle to market. And, uh, I could see that. Actually, uh, it's amazing to see him. haven't seen him in a while. And uh, he actually showed up out there and got stuck out our field. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we talked about the old days and uh, Sunshine Speedway. and He says that... He says that uh, Bonnie and Frank, they, they definitely uh, keep up with what's going on with all the tracks. You know, it gives them something to do. They don't have any aspirations of getting back in it, but they definitely keep up with it. Speaking so. of Sunshine Speedway, I got a call from a production company out of, um, I think it was Kentucky or Tennessee. must have been Tennessee. I think they were around Nashville. Anyway, they got in touch with me last week. They saw a video on uh, YouTube, and they're putting together this, uh, this TV production for... Uh, I think it's like fights at racetracks or something. At least that's part of that was what this particular video was about, and it was a pretty good little clip on YouTube, uh, starring Jimmy Cope, and um, I forget who was driving the other car right now. The driver of the 18. It wasn't the guy, usual guy that drives the 18. I cannot think of his name. I was told it the other day, and I, I can't remember. But anyway, it was a pretty good little clip there. And, they wanted to know how to who these people were and how to get in touch with them because they wanted to include it on the clip and uh, made a few phone calls and the right people pretty much hooked them up with uh, the guy who did the video, Bill Bryant, and, and uh, but it was funny, man, watching that video. I hadn't seen that in forever. But uh, what year was it? I forget. I think it was around 2000, somewhere like in that zone. It, it was a it was a wild little wreck down there in, at, at Sunshine, and of course. You know, you the couldn't. 18, the 18 at that time. Oh, what was that guy's name? It's a black car. Well, he wasn't the guy that normally drives it, and I forgot his name right now as well. But, uh, yeah, when you get to be an old man, you can't remember things like that, and that means it's time to take a break so we can come back with Mr. Dave Westerman, huh? You're listening to Inside Florida Racing. Hold on for a second.
Hi, welcome back to Inside Florida Racing. It's Monday, May 18th, and uh, Dave uh, Westerman uh, had to lock up the barn, and uh, he had to get the horses back in the barn and lock it up for the night, so we'll be talking to him. we got all these cattle people. I don't know what's with that, but... Hey, you always got to shut the gate. That's right. So, uh, but we were, uh, went out and found uh, Christian Augsburger, who has uh, got to be the youngest dirt late model driver in Florida, no doubt. Christian, what you been up to? Um, nothing much. I've been racing at Ocala for the season. Last time I raced there, I got fourth. You got what? I got fourth. Fourth? Yeah. All right. So what are you racing there? Um, I'm racing... What What do you mean? I'm sorry. What cars are you racing? What oh, kind of... I'm racing the late models there. Okay, you are racing late models. Okay, I wanted yeah. to make sure. Okay. Yeah. What are you thinking of that, Rob? So, uh, how are the other guys accepting you there? I mean, I don't think they've ever raced against a 13-year-old before. No, they're, they're, they haven't, but they're liking me pretty good. Um, I'm not running into them or anything, so they're liking me for that. <laughs> now, now you've had to have just gotten into this thing recently, right, into a late model? Yeah. So, uh, what'd you start out with? Um, first, I raced go-karts for seven or eight years, and then I raced the mini stock for two years and popped in the late model. Well, yeah, you've been on... Like at four? Yeah. Well, you've been on... This is probably about your fourth or fifth time being on this show, and I know, uh, of course, um, you've got a, a fan base now, don't you? Yeah, I do got a pretty big fan base. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's way but, cool. Besides the fans, let's talk about the, what it must be like for you at 13 years old with what you've been racing to actually... Um, to, to be at 13 years old behind the wheel of a late model already. I mean, uh, there's kids on the other side of the fence that are jumping up and down that have, uh, you know, they're fans of other guys there that you were, you guys were just over there jumping up and down rooting for guys that you're racing against at 13. What's that like? Oh, it's, it's, it's completely awesome. Those guys are my heroes. Uh, when I got fourth, I was running behind Ivan at Lloyd, and that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. <laughs> It was awesome. And how many laps have you had in the late model? A couple thousand at uh, Clewiston. I I raced, I practiced at Clewiston a whole year before I even thought about racing. Couple thousand. Yeah. So you're excited, I guess, about the new opening of that place coming soon, huh? Yeah. Um, we flew over it yesterday in the airplane because we were going to go look at a different trailer, and it, it there's some good stuff on it. Flew over it. Now, are you are you going to be a pilot? Yeah, I have a little bit of interest in it. My dad has a little small airplane that we fly in. He's a pilot. Does it scare you when you're in that thing sometimes? No, I'm I'm real relaxed in it. Uh, me too. I love to fly. Great. Yeah. So, um, man. What what is going to be in your future, son? Let's talk about that. What what do you see uh, yourself doing? I mean, if you look at how your life has gone so far, I mean, by the time you're 20 years old, you could very well be an astronaut. <laughs> I don't know about that. That seems pretty scary. <laughs> well, I mean, think about who would think that at 13 you'd be racing a dirt late model. I mean, really, I'm seriously. That's a, that's a big deal because there's not many guys that have been. Uh, uh, they, they walk the path that you're going down, son. Do you realize that? Yeah, I, I, 
I, I realized that a lot, a lot, that I, I'm one of the youngest who's ever driven a late model. It's, it's just, it's amazing to me, too, sometimes. I just realize sometimes that I'm only 13 and that I'm doing this. All right, now that we're, I'm, I'm over the overwhelmment of the whole thing. I accept you as a race car driver. Now, where do we go from here? You gonna run the uh, United Dirt Late Mile Challenge Series races? Any of those? Yeah, next year I'm gonna start running them a lot. I uh, I've been I ran one out of Cala at the beginning of the year, and I'm gonna run a couple more out of Cala and maybe go to Clewis in a race, but not all the tracks. And next year I'm gonna go to most of the tracks. You gonna run the Powell Memorial uh, in June? Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna have to whip my rule book out. <laughs> Do they allow 13 year olds? Well, we're, uh, we know Ken pretty well, and Ken's seen how I drive. I know Ken. He'll let you yeah. race. Yeah, so he he uh, he let me in because he just saw that I'm really careful when I drive and not running everyone over. Well, that's important, you know, and it's good that you understand that. I can tell by the way that you talk that you your idea is to be go out and learn how to race and kind of stay out of the way and uh, not run into people and. That's, that's a good thing because there's a lot that you need to learn out there in racing against these guys like Ibnett Lloyd. He's, he's one of the guys that's a premier racer in the, in the in dirt relay models. And, you know, he'd be the kind of guy that you need to go out and follow, you know, follow him around. And, um, heck, if you can pass him, that's great. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys that you're going to be racing against that I think it will be kind of overwhelming for you when you think about it because you are young and, You've had them as your heroes, and you've been watching them race, and then you're going to be right there against them. And most guys don't get to realize that until they're, you know, a little bit older. So, well, um, you you know, Rob, it's uh, we were talking earlier tonight about Drew Brannon. Um, you know, Drew started racing late models um, about the same age, and only on asphalt. And uh, yeah. look what he's accomplished uh, in in three or four years, and uh, no doubt that. Uh, Christian has the same, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, there's no doubt as long as you stay at it, you you know, now let's talk about the school. You got to go to school. Um, what are you doing there? Um, I'm, I'm doing good in school. I got A's and B's and I can, I can do pretty good in school. Um, we race on Friday night at Ocala, so I have to miss my last hour of school, but it's fine. Oh yeah, I bet you hate that. What class? Yeah, don't yeah. What what class do you have to miss on Friday? Uh, language arts. Oh yeah, he hates that. He hates that. <laughs> yeah, I hate missing school. Well, he's learning. Fact, the day before, he just stays for an extra hour in language arts just so he can make it up. Does that does that mean you're you're missing French or is that an English class? That's an English class. Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they spruce it up these days, Rob. They call it language arts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. uh... We got. It's amazing. When is the uh, race going to start there, uh, Jack? Out oh, there, close. Um, I I forgot July, what the actual date was. It's yeah, ju- yeah, it's, it's, it's ju- Saturday, July eighteenth is the first race. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I've been trying to get in touch with your dad today. I want to talk to him. We'd like to talk to him, but later in the show, we we plan to talk to him uh, in the second half hour. So maybe you could tell him to answer the phone when we call him. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, July 18th, Rob. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, 
They're going to have a late model race that day? Check this out. 1200 to win. 1200 to win. A 30-lap race, 1200 to win. $125 to start. $50 entry fee. And whoever, uh, there's going to be at least one guaranteed spot in the Kim Allen Memorial. Um, so somebody's going to nail down a spot that will be guarantee them to be in the Kim Allen Memorial, which is the $10,000 to win um, uh, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series finale for 2009, which will be at Henry County Motorsports Park in November. So uh yeah, but twelve hundred dollars to win, hundred and twenty five dollars to start, it's a fifty la- or thirty lap race, fifty dollar entry fee. That night they will also have sportsmen, street stocks, mini stocks, and pure stocks. That's week one. Well, it's a lot. Hey Christian, have you been around the racetrack yet? Has anybody been around the racetrack? Uh no, they're still uh prepping it up a little bit, but it's it's getting real close to done. Yeah, that's cool. All right, man. Christian, when's your next race? Uh, this Friday. At Ocala? Yeah. Ocala Speedway? Yes. All right. Good luck. You want to talk about your sponsors or anything real quick? Uh, sure. Hit em. Um, There's my dad and uh, <laughs> Unlimited Turbos down in Miami. And that's all I have so far. I need to get some more. All right. <laughs> all right, Christian. Uh, we'll be talking to you again. You take it easy, sir, okay? Okay. Happy birthday, Jack. Hey, thank you. So, uh, happy birthday, old man. So, Rob, uh, what do you what do you think of that now? Now, now, I think it's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's cool. It's it's amazing, but it's like you said, you know, Drew Ban- Drew Brandon is just like that, and then uh, uh, the young man we talked to last week is Sprint Cars, same way. Yeah, there's a young lady uh, we ran into at East Bay Raceway Park. Um, if I'm not mistaken, her name is Alexis Beagle, and uh, she's 14 years old, racing sprints there. And uh, and she did quite well, actually. As a matter of fact, she uh, she's uh, in the top. I, if I'm not mistaken, she's like in the top twenty in points. She may even be tenth. She's in. She's she's um, she held her own pretty good out there. Fourteen years old, amazing. Well, that's great. We're gonna go from fourteen to a little bit older. Uh, yeah, we are. Seven thirty. We gotta go get Westerman. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to uh, this edition of Inside Florida Racing. I'm Jack Smith, along with Rob Elting, and I think we've uh, uh, Mr. Westerman has got the horses in the corral, and we're ready to talk to them. Yeah, they're they're in the corral. They're uh, they're, they're sowing their oats at the moment. So. <laughs> oh, how's everything uh, over in your place? I'm just sitting here in the car with it raining right now. Yeah, well, you've been at. Uh, of course, you've been announcing. How long have you been announcing at uh, at Orlando Speed World? About what thirty seven years now? No, uh, I started in nineteen eighty five, so that'll be twenty whatever twenty twenty four years, something like that. All right, and now this year, <clears throat> this year you have taken to uh, going to dirt over on Volusia on uh, on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, it's just a little something that uh, I work with a company called uh, Post FX uh, uh, Digital Video uh, Productions, and uh, we've been looking for a racetrack that would really welcome us in and, and let us sort of do our thing and, and put something good together for them. And uh, uh, Tony Michelle and the people over at Volusia uh, gave us the opportunity this year, and we've been over there and. Uh, Again, uh, you know, when when you've got a great racing program like that, it makes it easy to shoot some decent video. You got a a good announcer calling everything over there, and Joe Linebarrier, and uh, uh, just a bunch of great racers and fans. So uh, it's made it real easy for us, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. You know, we're not making a whole lot of money yet, but that's uh, you know, we figured it would be well into the season. You know, people have got to see the product; they've got to understand what we're doing, and uh, somewhere down the line. Uh, we hope to, we were open this week, but it looks like it may be another week and maybe two weeks off, uh, to actually, uh, webcast the races every Saturday night live from the racetrack. So, uh, basically the video that we do, uh, would be available live to, uh, you know, anybody around the world to watch uh, the races at Volusia. And I don't think, uh, I, unless you know of some, I don't, I don't know any racetrack that is doing their regular racing program every week. Uh, over the internet for anybody to watch. Well, and, uh, Dave, you know as well as I do now, all you're going to do is drive all the customers away because they're going to sit at home on their computers and watch the races. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. <laughs> there's nothing. If you go to a dirt track, there's nothing better than being there live. You got that and, right. Uh, it's not going to run anybody away, but hopefully the people sitting in the grandstands will call, you know, their aunt and uncle in Des Moines and say, hey, Looks like you guys got rained out tonight. Why don't you watch this on pay-per-view? You know, it's only going to cost people five bucks uh, per shot to do it, and um, it's 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 going to be a good deal. And uh, we've we've got uh, we've got some issues. We've got a, a company that we're working with. It's actually in Russia, believe it or not, uh, that is setting all this up for us. And the guy that is doing the work for us in the states uh, has about an hour every night between midnight and one a.m. to deal with them. So it's been a sort of a slow process, and we're not going to actually go with it until, uh, you know, we know that people will log on and they'll get a good picture, they'll get good sound, they'll get everything that they're paying their five bucks for. Well, you know, that so, the, the, the tough problem with that whole operation of doing, uh, it's one thing to do um, like we do with Real Race in USA. We do, you know, do the audio um, like Internet radio. It's a whole different ball game when you start pulling what you guys are doing with the webcasting and putting out the the video live feed as it is as if it were television and is essentially the same thing as TV. It's a whole different ball game, is it not? Yes, it is. It's uh, 
It, it is something else, you know, because, uh, you know, typically, you know, we'll actually have to change our way of doing it a little bit because, you know, what we do when we get into a lull after uh, a future race and they're doing photos and whatever like that, you know, we, we will, you know, actually cut that out live uh, and then immediately when the next race starts and we bring it back up and start again. Well, with the, uh, with the pay-per-view, we'll have to go and just continue to run, you know, something during that particular, uh, particular span. But, again, it'll be just like if somebody's, you know, sitting in the grandstands at the racetrack. The only thing is is they're going to be able to watch the races from three different angles and and uh, get to see all the goodies and stuff like that happening as it goes on. So, uh, uh, like I say, you know, I think we're going to have a pretty good product there. It's just that we want to make sure that, uh, you know, when the people log on and, and look at it, uh, that they're not seeing a blank screen or they're not seeing red cars and they should be seeing blue cars and that kind of thing. So, it, We'll we'll get it in, and we'll definitely uh, let you know when uh, when that's going to start up. So uh, um, it's uh, but it's been fun over there. It, it, it's been different. You know, I, I when I first started announcing back in the in the mid '80s, uh, I actually worked there for a couple of years right off the bat with uh, uh, their PR guy over there, Jim Taylor. It was a great guy to work with, and uh, and then off and on uh, over the years doing a lot of stuff for the All Star Sprints and whatever. Uh, it was always a lot of fun. So. Uh, uh, and a lot of good people over there, and a great show. So uh, anybody's in the, the Central Florida area and they've never seen the races over at Volusia, uh, they ought to go check them out. They really should. Uh, I, yeah, let me just mention we were we were actually not racing last week. It was the second of uh, two uh, uh, spring break weeks that we took. Uh, but this uh, this week uh, going to be a real nice uh, night. We're going to have uh, what we call Hero Night. You know, all law enforcement. Uh, uh, personnel, all military personnel, and all fire and rescue personnel will all be admitted free with their ID this week, and uh, it'll be a good show too. We'll have the late models back, the modifieds, the street stocks, the thunder stocks, and the uh, four cylinder challengers in action. So, uh, going to be a good, going to be a good show. So, we invite the people to come out and uh, and see that. I've got to mention one thing before I go. Um, this past weekend. Um, Three of us Carnations went and ventured over to Auburndale Speedway, and uh, Rex Bone Man Hollinger, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. And uh, uh, hey, hey, Dave, good. Dave, Dave, just hold that, hold that a minute. Who? What, Dave? No, wait, Rob, 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 wait, Dave, you cannot do this. You have to pronounce this correctly. It is Carnackians. Carnackian. Okay. Well, whatever. Now go ahead. A Carnackian. Carnackian. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. So tell us about it. Would you like that in? But uh, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Bone Man, uh, myself, and old AB195 from the uh, uh, Karnak message board went over to Auburndale this week. On the way over, Bone Man was telling me that his uh, his brother, um, um, David Hollinger, has located and purchased the first ever super modified that was uh, built uh, exclusively by Jim Champagne. Uh, somehow or another, they, they found it. It had been, I guess, stored up there somewhere. He plans to restore it, uh, bring it back down here, completely restore it, and bring it to some of the uh, uh, antique race shows around the, the state of Florida. So uh, that's something else. I know we got a lot of people from, uh, uh, you know, up in New England that, that remember Jimmy Champagne and... Uh, I remember seeing him total that car at New Smyrna Speedway one night. <laughs> hey, Dave, that was a uh, long make time sure ago. you tell him that you know somebody that can drive it for him. Well, yeah, Bone Man, yeah. I, I know you're listening, Bone Man. Uh, 
I know a bonehead that could drive it for you. Yeah, I think that that would be really neat. One night at Speed World, when when Rex gets both of his mini stocks running, there you go. And we'll put you in one of them. Perfect. We'll have Bone Man and Bonehead racing in the same. Perfect. Day. That's perfect, Dave. <laughs> we got to do that. But uh, ready. I won't even practice. So, uh, what, what do you think? Practice, and I won't practice at all. Dave, uh, what's the deal? Um, <clears throat> now, I don't know any particulars because uh, somebody called me the other day, and actually in the last few days, people have asked me about this or that on the Karnak message board, and I have not read that message board until I read some things today that um, uh, I had not looked at it in about four weeks. Uh, but I was told over the weekend that there was a little bit of uh, – Angst about what's going on at uh, Orlando Speed World. How are things going over to Speed World? Where are we headed with the with the deal under uh, Mr. Bristol? Well, I think we're doing okay. Uh, we had a real good night this past Friday night. In fact, one of the best truck races I've ever seen. Uh, cool. Uh, the guys were putting on one heck of a show. We had a 50-lap race and uh, uh, five different leaders. And uh, uh, Cody Blair, uh, a real... Uh, a uh, strong-running uh, young driver who uh, makes his home over in Winter Park is also doing a little dirt racing over at Volusia this year, too. Uh, uh, won that race uh, in a in a real good tussle with uh, uh, my old friend Scott Reeves. All the people know Scott oh, yeah. uh, from the fireman. Uh, a long time back. And uh, i got to tell you a little something about that, but I'll get, get back to it in a second. Uh, Zach Jarrell led quite a bit of that race. Uh, ben Kennedy, who's running the uh, EA Sports truck for uh, Mark Martin, uh, was a fast qualifier. Didn't I, I don't believe Ben led a lap in the race, but he ended up uh, ended up finishing in the second spot, I believe. And uh, so that was that was quite a show. And uh, the folks that saw that one, uh, you know, we had another great super stock race. The guys put on a heck of a show in that class. Uh, and a really good Legends car race too. Mason Massey uh, came down from Atlanta, Georgia, to race and uh, uh, led a good part of the race and finished. So, well, thought he finished second in the race. Unfortunately, had a little wheelbase issue in tech and uh, got disqualified. But uh, uh, all in all, I, I think things are getting better. Um, you know, it, it's you know it, it's been a pretty deep hole that's been dug out there, and, and uh, of course, it's been filling up with water this week. But uh, uh, I think you know Rick's trying hard. Uh, he's putting in a lot of hours every week, and he's, he's really not getting paid anything to do it. He just wants to try to get this place back on its feet again. And, uh, uh, you know, there, there, there's some, you know, and it, it, you know, it doesn't make any difference what you do. If you go uh, toward point A, you make some people happy and you make some people mad. You go point, toward point Z, and you make some people happy and some people mad, you know. And it's, there, there's really no... <laughs> I think we need to go... I think we need to go to point S, which is Saturday. Like that, you know. It's a, you know, you know. There, there have been a few things done that that are, are drawing the ire of some people. Uh, there have been some things done that, that people are saying, "Hey, this is pretty cool." So, um, I don't know. The jury's out on a lot of things. I know that this this tire controversy over the uh, Jaws Memorial race. Uh, yeah, you know it, it's going back one one way or the other, and and who knows what's going to happen there. Let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this: is is this the issue between uh, having groove tire, having just regular uh, groove tires, and having slicks? Is that what this is about? It basically is. Okay, who's winning the argument right now? Uh, the Hoosier slicks. Boo! Hoosier what slicks. class is it? This is the open wheel modified. How many? Rob, now we've been covering this, right? How many cars do you think it's going to cost them by running slicks? 
Uh, it will probably, you'll end up with a field of 14 or 15. Rob, what do you think? Uh, I think going the other way, <laughs> you know, it's, it's six one half dozen. Yeah, was, that's you what know. I was going to say. It's very you hard know, to You're tell. probably going to wind up with 14 or 15 cars, no matter which way you go at it. Well, that isn't what happened when they did them at, um, at Bronson for the, uh, the modified race. And what do they have, 20-some cars, 24? Yeah, I don't think it was all attributed to them having grooved tires, but I think what it what it did do was that race showed me and Jack that those guys can still go on and go out and put a, a, a heck of a race with their cars just like they you know they are, and it really it, it evens the field up you know. So it, here's here's what'll make the difference: if you got a bunch of racers that got big bank accounts. And a race of modified, they're all going to want slick. You got some guys that are budgeted-minded racers there; they're going to want the groove tires. And then you're going to have the guys that don't care. The guys that don't care are the guys like an example, Wayne Jefferson. He's an I don't care. He'll run either way. That's right. Because if everybody else is going to have it, it's equal for everyone else. Would yeah. he rather have slick? Absolutely. If you give a guy an opportunity to go 20 miles an hour faster. He's going to go 20 miles an hour faster. I'm not saying that's the difference between the slicks at that track, but I'll bet you it's close at Orlando. Uh, yeah. Orlando, uh, Orlando is really more of a, of a handling track than it is a horsepower track. Um, you know, the more horsepower you've got in a modified, it typically the slower you're going to go over there. Have they run any kind of uh, uh, so threaded tires on modified there? They ran the there? threaded tires at the, on the modified uh, <clears> in the latter part of the season last year. They didn't um, stay on them then. It didn't make any difference in the car count. It was, the car count was about the same. Uh, it didn't really make any difference in who showed up that much. Uh, so, uh, you know, basically, the, you know, the, the powers that be said, well, you know, you all said you were going to start racing, but you didn't. So, uh, you know, we're just going to go back and start selling our own tires again. And, uh, of course, this year the modified class has been the one class out there that's been pretty steady in car count. And, uh, you know, they've been up in the 14, 15, 16 range some nights, uh, whereas the other classes we've been in as low as five or six cars. So, uh, you know, the guys apparently like either like what they're on or, or they're just for some reason it just seems to be the one class that a lot of guys want to show. What are they on now? What tires are they on now? They're on the Hoosier Slicks. So, uh, you know, if if they were going to, you know, and the, and, the, and the thing was is they were going to, you know, try to run the treaded tires to get the guys who don't have those Hoosier Slicks a chance to come run and run the tires that they have. They run Citrus or Bronson or Auburndale or whatever with. And, well, I mean, uh, they need to, what they need to do is they need to, if the other tracks are all running them, then they need to stay on them. And that's obviously going to get them more cars, whether it shows up the first time that they do it or not. You know, that's the thing. They always try to take these little... They have many tests. ...first time that they try it, you know, and you got to... If you want to get the guys out of the garages and get their cars back on the tracks and out of the garages, Rob, why aren't you racing? Two words, why aren't you racing, or less. Why aren't you racing? I can't afford to race. Thank you. Okay. Another unfortunate thing about what my situation is I have... I race a class of cars that's expensive, so when... When things aren't going good, late models are tough to go out there. Well, modified, modified, I think um, they, 
if, when, they, if they would conform the rules in the modified class, because there's still there's still only one modified class. I know there's a those modified four cylinders, but there's still only one V8 modified class. They would conform the rules at all the racetracks, so all the modified rules are the same everywhere. The car count will pick up. It only makes sense. Dave, final words, man. We got to go. Well, let's just hope something comes up. I, you know, I, I mean. Uh, uh, you know, Dick Joslin and Jerry Joslin were both real good friends of mine. You know, I, I knew Dick back when he was promoting the old Orlando track before, you know, I think Speed World was an Orange Grove or a trailer park or something out there at that time. And, and, and you know, I got to know his son Jerry real well. And, you know, it's a, you know, it's a big event. A lot of people are real interested in it. I'd just like to see, you know, uh, everybody bury the hatchet, you know, one direction or another, either up or down, and, and just come out and race for that one race that night. Absolutely. Uh, whatever they have to do, you know. They buy a set of slicks or something like that, well, then come back in a couple of Friday nights and race with us again. You know? What's the date of the race, though? It's June 19th. June 19th. Okay. So we're about about a month away from it. So we'll, uh, we'll talk more about this next week. How about that? Okay, we'll try to do that. We'll, we'll get a couple of proponents. How about this, Rob? We get a, a proponent from each corner, huh? Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, that won't be hard to do. We'll get somebody from... <laughs> Say why, Rob? I said however you want to play it. All right. Dave, we got to run, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very hey, much. Guys. Y'all have a good night. Take it easy. Yeah. Rob, you're getting mellow, man. I'm yeah. T- I'm telling you, you're getting mellow. I start to realize, you know, that the more that I think about some of these things, that it aggravates me more. And just like this tire issue, if you got... Three tracks that are running the groove tires. Why don't the rest of the tracks just run the groove tires and and, and not worry about it? What their guys are, are going to quit racing if they run groove tires? Well, one of the reasons is is it's I, perhaps we'll find out about that, but perhaps um, it's more beneficial financially to the tracks. Uh, maybe maybe not. We'll find out.
Holy cow, what timing. We're back live. This is Inside Florida Racing. I don't know how we pulled that off, Rob. We did it. Yeah, let me adjust this. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> last week we wanted to talk about Columbia Motorsports Park. We weren't able to, but this week we certainly are. Justin Ellison from uh, Columbia Motorsports Park, one of the people involved in that racetrack. Welcome to Inside Florida Racing, Justin. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you guys tonight and be on your show. You say that now. Your mind could change. <laughs> no, it won't. No. All right. Now, you guys are good guys. Um, so yeah, We tried to get get a hold of Don the other day to talk about the inaugural Don 100 that went on, but uh, we couldn't quite get a hold of him to talk about it. Uh, See, so you have a new event uh, coming up. Um Tell us about this uh, upcoming event that you're involved with, Justin. Oh, sure. Yes, sir. Not a problem. Um, actually, we've got two events coming up. We have a 50-lap uh, late model, I mean, excuse me, 50-lap modified race coming up. Um, it's $1,000 to win her, 50 bucks to get in the race. Um, you know, you can run your track tread tires. That's coming up on June 6th. The, the big one that I'm involved in is going to be on June 13th. And I'm partially sponsoring it. It's a 100-lap race, and it's for your front-wheel drive. Um, we call the class a Hornet class. It's for your beginner drivers um, at our track. But we're going to open it up to all able drivers. If you drive a modified, you can run it. If you drive a sportsman, you can run it. Cost you 10 bucks for that 100-lap race. That comes out of 10 cents a lap. And uh, four cylinders. V6s, front-wheel drive, um, four-cylinder, rear-wheel drive, um, DOT-approved tires, no modifications or anything to the motor. Just going to be a fun race. Wow. What's y'all's website? Uh, ColumbiaMotorsportsPark.com. Um, we do have a track promoter, Miss Joyce, very nice lady. Um, I just uh, met her probably a couple months ago. We started talking about putting this race together. Um, if anybody needs any information, they can give her a call. I can give you guys her phone number. Um, it's 352-942-2369. Or you can email her at uh, slankfordl at aol.com. And uh, she's been really working really hard um, to promote this race. Um, they're paying 500 bucks to the winner right now. We've got over $1,000 purse. We're hoping to get up to about $1,500. And uh, so we can pay, you know, quite a few spots back. What is Joyce's last name? Uh, Slankford, it's S-L. Okay. N-K, F-O-R-D. Yeah, she uh, she got in touch with us last week about this event, and uh, good for her. Um, yeah. yeah, she's been working real hard. So, so what is your involvement at the track other than this particular event? Well, um, I started getting involved with the track a couple of years ago. I own a repair shop in High Springs, been there 18 years, never really got into racing much, don't follow it too much, but one of my employees, um, his son was racing, Wesley Daughtry, and um, we went and watched him. My employee, Bert Daughtry, got saying, hey, well, will we build a car? So we found an old front-wheel drive car, started putting it together, he started driving it. I just kind of pulled the car around, enjoyed, you know, go out with the guys. And, you know, we did the 12 hours of Ocala one year in that front-wheel drive car. Came oh, seventh yeah. out of 22 cars. Not where, bad. Where did you finish? Uh, seventh out of 22 cars. That that was the first uh, first time they did it down there? 
Yeah, that oh, was the first that, time. That wasn't was that cool? That was fun. That was We were there for that. We broadcast that crazy thing. Okay. Well, we were in the old Buick that was uh, black and blue with a white, uh, the black stripe down the middle. And uh, yeah, we were the only front-wheel drive car left on the track. We had a great time. We knew we wouldn't win, but we just went for the for the great time, you know, for the for the guys, the camaraderie, to get the the, the pit crew involved too. Um, that's another reason why we did this hundred lap race. Um, a lot of times the guys would go to the track, and you know the driver gets to drive the car, but everybody else is standing around doing nothing. You know, this way you know, gets gets all your buddies involved. That was really really cool, and I, I you know I I keep saying this. I'm hoping somebody one of these days is going to pick that back up. As Mike did it twice and uh, at Ocala, and uh, it was. Just the coolest thing, and what a publicity stunt, you know. And uh, plus, like you said, it was a lot of fun for the drivers and the and the families and crew. That that is correct. I mean, we we put almost seventeen hundred laps on that little front wheel drive car. It was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, so tell us about the Columbia Motorsports Park these days. What? Uh, what kind of classes they got? Do you know what some of the other classes are and what, how things are going there? Yeah, the, all, all of our classes are doing pretty good. Um, we have um, late models. We have modified uh, pure stocks, sportsmen, pure stocks and sportsmen. And our Hornet class um, and the Bomber class is pretty strong. Um, one thing we've been doing with the Hornet class is we actually been getting the wives involved. We have a Queen Bee race. Um, once or twice a month, so we get some of the wives involved. Um, you know, you get the guy that says, "I'm going to the track on the weekend, but the wife is stuck at home." This is a way to get her involved into the track too. And um, one thing that's nice about Columbia Motorsports Park is it's actually a half mile track. A lot of the tracks in our area are only three eighths mile, and uh, this way you can get a little bit more speed, a little bit more cornering. You know, it makes it fun. You can get up a little bit faster. What do you think, Rob? How have the fans been out there? Uh, fans been pretty good. Um, we've been seeing the increase in fan base, especially like when we have these big races. Of course, we have more more fans than uh, than we have on a regular night. Uh, we're in the process of working on trying to get some giveaway stuff for the fans. Um, I know for the big race, we're going to have quite a bit of stuff for the the fans. We're going to have T-shirts. We're going to have giveaway stuff. We've got a lot of sponsors donating stuff for that race. So, I mean, if you're not you know, driving that night, um, if you're just going to come watch, if you're a fan, please come because there's going to be a lot of stuff given away that night. You got fan participation races there? Um, not that I know of. You need um, to have them. <laughs> you need to no. have them. I, I can't, I don't understand why tracks don't do fan participation races. I mean, that's the way you get, the fan really feels like that they can get involved. They just need to bring a helmet and. Turn them loose. I mean, I, one of these tracks we were talking to the other day, they turn them loose for five laps. Wow. Two of them for five laps at the end. Is that a new Smyrna Jack? Yeah, I think that was I it. Think it was I think it was. They're bringing it back. You know, Half mile, yeah. Getting those fans out there, you know, that and a, and a car with a with a ride seat in it, I think, is one of the best ways to really yeah. get people to really feel the track differently. Uh, let me ask you something. Are you from that area? Is that what you said? You're from there? Mike City? Uh, Eight. Yeah, I've, I've been in this area for about 25 years. I'm not originally from this area, but I've been around here a long time. How how do you draw fans to the racetrack? Where's the city 
at around there? Where is the, the where do the people live at around the racetrack? Well, our you know our closest biggest big cities, of course, are Gainesville and Lake City. Those are our two closest big um, cities. Um, but most of our fan base is locals. Um, they live in the small towns. I live in Bell, Florida. We got one blinking light. We have more cows than people. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, that is a good thing. And so, you, you know, at Columbia Motorsports Park, you know, I tell the guys, I said, where can you go spend 25 bucks and have six hours of inter- entertainment today? Well, you can't go to the, you can't go bowling for that. You can't go to the movies for that. But you can spend, you know, 25 bucks, take your car to the track and run. If you're a spectator, you can spend 10, 15 bucks and get six hours of entertainment. I mean, it's great. Um, some of the things that they've done at the track is they've installed um, a playground. So cool. Families that come with the kids. You know, my son, he's 11 years old. He doesn't like watching races too long. So, you know, he'll go and play in the playground, which is great. Um, you know, we've done other things at the track. We've taken on collections for some of the driver's moms that have gotten cancer. Um, we've had some handicapped, handicapped kids start the races for us. So we do a lot of... Um, How much does it cost to, to get a kid in? Um, it's I believe it's ten bucks. Um, I never come through that side. I'm always on the driver's side now. Um, but uh, we do a lot of grassroots marketing around. We don't do any huge, you know, promotional stuff like television stuff because we can't afford it out there at the track. It's all word of mouth, like you gentlemen here helping us out, getting the word out to our base. Um, we really appreciate it. That's cool, man. Yeah, I always liked the racetrack. It's one of my favorite racetracks when I ran the Florida Pro Series when Bird owned it. I tell you what, I love watching late models here. It's a great late model place for fans, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. last week we had the sprint cars. Um, very exciting race. We actually had one guy go over the wall. Oh! Yeah. Well, that's always look. exciting. Yeah, turn one and two, hit the that's wall. That's the way you get fans to go up there. Yeah, stuff stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, they like to watch the racing, but they like the wrecks. Listen, there used to not be a wall there. I'm sure you That's remember. Right. Yeah. And uh, you've been there for 25 years. When we ran the Florida Pro Series there, I mean, it was. I've seen, I've seen everything from uh, going off the back stretch and being in the water to going off of turn uh, three and keep going straight. Seeing a guy hit the tree out there and, and drive the whole right side of his car all the way over to the driver's compartment. I saw, I saw uh, Jeff Williams take his Ford and jump it like the Dukes of Hazard. Okay, at the start of one of our Florida Pro races, right off in between turn one and two, just jumped right off of that. It used to be hills that went around it. He went right up the hills and jumped off of it. And I'm telling you, it looked like Dukes of Hazard, like a throttle stuck. Airborne. <laughs> Because the, the track's so high and the embankments were so high, what you used to see, you just see the top of a pine tree, you know. And when he jumped that car up, it looked like he was up in them pine trees. <laughs> Great stuff. From the past. Oh, yeah. Memories. Good thing they got a wall around there, huh? Oh, yeah. So tell us again, tell us a little bit more. Let's wrap up here with the, uh, uh, the details on this upcoming race again. Okay. Um, yeah, June 13th, um, front-wheel drive cars. Uh, four shoulder V6, 100 lap race, uh, purse is over $1,000, definitely 500 bucks to the winner. Um, you definitely want to be there, you know, get there early. Uh, we're going to, track's going to open at 2 o'clock. 
Um, so definitely come early because, you know, the infield is pretty small. So if you want to get a good spot, get some concrete to sit on, definitely come in early. Um, you know, get with Miss Joyce, email her, call her. Um, she can give you all the rules, um, very, very basic rules, um, basically safety-oriented. Um, and that's pretty much it. Cool. I mean, we're, 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 we're hoping to have a great turnout. Um, the response that we've gotten so far is really good. And uh, just going to have a night to have fun. I know a lot of guys, you know, they spend a lot of money on their cars. Um, this way they can just take a little front-wheel drive car, put it on the track, and just have fun. Forget about everything and just have fun. All right. Thanks a lot, Justin Ellison, uh, talking about Columbia Motorsports Park. Big race. Hey, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, uh, Rob, you know, uh, I was just remembering my last uh, trip to, uh, I think the last time I was at Columbia Motorsports Park was a late model race. And if I remember correctly, it was Daryl Shellnut got really upset. If I, I, I could swear it was Daryl Shellnut chasing somebody around. Yeah, was I a, got upset at Burt. <laughs> I used to get upset at Bird a lot. That was a wild night. It was uh, crazy. I was I was trying to remember as I was sitting here. I, I know I named Jeff Williams. I can name the other drivers too. Was uh, was uh, Eddie King was the one that ended up out in the water one time. Yeah. And uh, Richard Till. Yeah. The old Xerox car was the one that um, hit the tree out there, and his his wife wouldn't let him race there anymore until they put a wall up. So. I think I've said it before in one of our shows. I think he, his wife would be glad if he wants to go back to race. He can go there. There you go. It was an interesting place without walls. These tracks were, you know, we talked about Bronx. Sure. He used to not have a wall around it, and uh, it, it made it uh, it made it a little bit different. You had to be a little careful because, you know, in some ways not having a wall is very uh, forgiving on a car, you know, because you don't have a wall there to run into. But, you know, as a... It can be very unforgiving once you've reached that point where you're going to exit and the grass is wet like richard till that was a serious accident he had he's lucky he didn't get killed. yeah but you know as a fan i originally when i found i knew there was before i'd ever been to a track that didn't have walls i thought it was the dumbest idea in the world but after i went to a few especially uh, like watermelon capital up in georgia watermelon capital speedway um it adds a uniqueness of character to the place i think in in some places, you know, as long as it's not dangerous, you know. Especially when the tracks are bigger. Yeah, I think Mobile used to be that way. What? Yeah, yeah, Bronson. Around it. Yeah, Bronson. Bronson, when it didn't have a wall, was just dead, dead ass dangerous, man. That was dangerous. Period. As Arthur Conquest can attest. And one of these days here, we'll assume we we'll have to get Arthur on. And uh, you know, it's amazing that man's out there still racing after what he went through over there. But uh, and you're talking about races at Bronson with 24 car fields. Okay, late models, super late models running around there, no wall. Yeah, or at least not the back stretch. But yeah, and ramps in which to run off the track and go airborne, <laughs> literally, and with big drop-offs and craziness. That was a dangerous situation. But yeah. in any they event, thought about it. They never thought about it. Listen, when they opened the playground up, and said, "Here it is." You yep. definitely look at those kind of things. You got to keep it on the track. That's the whole idea. All right, we'll be right back with uh, our karting segment in. Uh, Mr. Phil Harp going to entertain us for a while, I'm sure. Hey, listen, Inside Florida Racing will be right back.
CarNag.com, your online racing community since 1997. CarNag.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than CarNag.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Hi, I'm Tyler Ivey, driver of the number 47 car, and you're listening to Real Racing USA. All right, welcome back to Inside Florida Racing. And before we get uh, with our next guest um, on our karting segment, I want to remind everybody next week, Lake Speed, longtime uh, NASCAR Cup racer, 19 years, won at Darlington in uh, 1988, and a world-class, uh, of course, karting star. And he'll be our guest, uh, one of our guests next week on Inside Florida Racing. Rob, you ready to roll? Yeah, I'm ready to roll. Uh, yeah, that should be interesting next week, uh, having Lake Speed on here, and he'll be talking about how none of his NASCARdom could have ever been come to pass had it not been for go-kart racing. And tonight, um, we're going to speak to uh, another proponent, I'm sure, of kart racing, Mr. Phil Harp. Um, how you doing, Phil? Oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. A little bit sore, but other than that, I'm doing fine. A little bit sore. Now, um, we, we are... Uh, Talking to Phil Harp, he is the uh, founder and promoter of the Soto Champ Kart Series, and uh, we talk about it all the time, how exciting it is to see it. A lot of you folks out there that listen to the show have seen them in action. Uh, why are you sore, Phil? Well, I tried to make a new pit entrance at Charlotte County Saturday night. I tried to pound down the third turn wall, and it just didn't work. So Yeah, yeah I've seen uh, bigger cars than you hit it, and uh, it just doesn't work that well. Yeah, I had a motor blow in front of me, and believe it or not, 12 to 14 ounces of oil turned you around the heartbeat, and <laughs> I hit it square as you could hit it backwards, so I told the cart, but we got a new one sitting here ready to be ready for the for the 30th down there at Port Charlotte, so. So how do you feel, Phil, when you look back at uh, how things have gone since 2005 when you got to start racing at the, at the uh, you know, the big show, you know, on the Saturday night races. Uh, how do you feel about that now? Well, I'm happy it's gone as, the way it has. Uh, we continue to grow uh, each and every week, it seems. Somebody new comes along and wants to race with us, which is fine. We, we're open arms to anybody and everybody, as long as they're 15 years of age. Uh you know, I didn't think it was going to work at, front, at first. I, you know, the first race, I was so worried nobody would show up. And 26 showed up, and we put on a show that kids were hanging off the fence, and we got a standing ovation at the night, at the end of the night. So uh, it's come a long way, and hopefully it keeps growing. Yeah, you know, I remember the first time that I got to race in a go-kart race on a Saturday night, um, stock car racing night, and that was a just a demonstration race they were going to let us do at the Tri-City Car Club there at Sunshine Speedway um, in front of all the racers there on a Saturday night. and uh, The shifter class, and I'll tell you, it was unbelievable how many guys showed up. There was no money involved in it. It was just going to be a demo race. You know, we were going to go out, 
And uh, I remember it was so exciting, and that's, I've told the story before, that's what got me involved into stock car racing was that I, we did a couple of those demo races and then ended up racing at the small Lakeland Speedway before they built the big one. And I got that bug of running around in circles, and that's where I am today. But it's very interesting to see that this DeSoto um, Champ Cart Series has really taken on at these other tracks now. How many tracks are you running at now? This year we're running at five. Hopefully we can either expand or stay at five uh, next year. Good job. Yeah, I mean, and you're keeping, you know, 25 carts there most of the time, right? Yeah, I believe this year we're averaging right around 20, 22. Um, the Triple Crown races, of course, we draw a little bit more. There's a little bit more prestige to that. To that and, you know, we draw in some big names for that. So, like I said, as long as this keeps growing, I'll be happy. Uh, we're really family-oriented. Our tech is one of the toughest techs in the state of Florida. Uh, we tore down three motors Saturday night down there, and everybody was legal, so we try to keep everybody as equal as possible. Um, and then we have the, a lot of a lot of clubs or series don't have somebody that has a couple chefs to travel with us. Uh, we have uh, Sandy Letourneau and, um, I mean, wait, hold on there. I got Tina, Sandy Letourneau and Tina Scapano. Uh, they cook dinner for the whole group every night. And I just can't say enough thanks to them. They, they're supporters. They've been with us pretty much since we started. I think uh, uh, Danny Scapano actually started with us first and drugged the Eternals in with us, and it's been nothing but a pleasure to have them with us. Uh, their men, menu ranges from pork chop to chicken and rice to whatever. That's J.D. Corden's killer is chicken and rice. So uh, we'll try to feed him that as much as we can, as we can as the way he's been running. So Try to slow him uh, down a little? Yeah, try. Well, he's a little heavy to begin with, but uh, uh, we're trying to get him a little heavier so he slows down a little bit. What's the average age of a DeSoto Champ Cart Series driver? Uh, it ranges. Well, like I said, it started at 15. I think the oldest one we have with us right now is right around me at 47, 48 years old. Uh, we've had some older drivers come over and test the waters a few times, and, and you know, they ran decent. Um majority of our guys are in their, in their 30s, I would say. How much it costs to buy one of these carts? Race ready? Uh, you can, race ready. You can find them online on uh, bobsportcycle.com or any of the karting forums, usually for around 1500 bucks. Turnkey, you're ready to go racing. Yeah, so, I mean, they're a great, great tool to uh, keep your racing uh, up, you know, say... Uh, Hard times have got you down, you car racers out there, and you want to keep up racing the Champ Car Series. Sounds like it would be a great thing. It might be a little bit more affordable than some of these cars that they're driving. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, motor rebuilds usually run in between three and $500, depending on where you go. And most of the motor builders are pretty equal on what power they're producing. So, um, you know, and, and I think a lot of what draws people to our series is, that we are racing in front of the big crowds, and it's really family-oriented. Um, I, mean, I know I, any one of our drivers can go to any other pit there and not argue with anybody, borrow parts if you need them, and guys will actually come over and help you get your cart ready so you're able to make the feature or the heat race or whatever it may be. What do you think you can attribute you being able to keep your uh, 
now stuff at these races. I don't think you guys have had a bum race where you only had 10 of them show up, have you? Oh, a couple of years back, we had seven show up on a July 4th race, and we realized at that point we couldn't run that day because everybody's either over Daytona or <laughs> have plans with the family. Um, this year, we're doing real good on the cart count. Uh, I, I would have to just, you know, everybody has fun when they come. Um Everybody has fun with income, and it's just a family thing. How much uh, you guys have been paying cash prizes and stuff uh, for your yeah, race? Yeah, and that, de- that determines on what track we're at, one, and how many entries we have. We take all the entries, and uh, they usually pay thirty dollars to enter the race. Uh, five goes to year end. Five dollars goes to year end award, and uh, five dollars goes to scoring. Um, and the rest goes into the pot, and if we get money from the track, certain tracks do that, certain tracks don't. Um, the no, tracks don't fair. give you guys yeah. any money? Who? The tracks don't give you guys any money to race? Most of the tracks do. There's a couple that don't. So I mean, they're ridiculous if they don't. I mean, they're paying classes that got five cars in them. You guys show up with, a, with an actual race, they better be paying you something. So you promoters that are out there listening, I know you don't care what I think, but to definitely be paying these guys because at least they're showing up with 20 or so, you know. And, uh, I mean, shoot, you guys put on a good show. There's no doubt about it. Listen to it. You're just telling us how you're trying to tear the wall down. That's a good show. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not the kind of show we like to put on. We like to put on side-by-side action, multiple passes per lap. Um, and you do. You guys yeah. definitely pull that off. And a lot of real drafting that um, you don't get to see. You know, another track. So, what's the most laps that you guys could run? How many laps could you run? Of, let's say uh, down at uh, Charlotte County Speedway. How many laps could you guys run? Well, we, we schedule 25. Uh, a lot of times, guys are fighting to make the um, the uh, laps just for fuel wise. We don't we right. don't even get a whole gallon. Got you. So you know, so if you guys ran a 50 lap or ran a fuel, so. If you ran a 50-lapper, you'd definitely have to fuel up, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, we've had guys inquire about having 50 or 100-lapper, but it's just hard to do with, you don't have usually enough guys. A lot of guys come by themselves or one other person, and it's hard to, you know, because you're going to have to shut them off and get them back started. You couldn't have, like, a live pitch. You'd have to do, like, a caution at, like, 20 or 25 to put more fuel in. Hey, Phil, and could you imagine doing 100 laps in that thing? I tell you, it'd be a lot. You would be wore out, man. <laughs> I, I'm pretty wore out after 25 myself. Yeah, There's people don't realize. The younger guys get wore out, so. They don't realize. I'll tell you, folks, they, these, the go-karts are no joke, man, because they get so full, so many Gs through the corners because of the traction that they get and the speed that they keep up. Um you know, the, these sort of champ carts are getting around this track for their size, per scale, to a car faster than anything out there. And so the Gs that you're pulling when you're going through there, if you don't have that steering wheel right up in front of you, if it's a foot away from your chest, by the time you run 20 laps, your arms are going to feel like they weigh 50 pounds each. And then your head, that's one of the things I remember when we ran the supercarts in circles at that small Lakeland track, I used to have to pull my head over. I had one of those shoulder harnesses. I would pull it over all the way so my left left ear 
was laying on my left shoulder. And by the time I got done, my whole arm, shoulder, everything would be standing straight up to try. We used to do 50 laps. We'd run 50 laps for 500 bucks. And uh, even Ryan Hunter Ray told us that, you know, there's one thing of being in in uh, indie shape or, or cart and then shifter shape. Because when you're in shifter shape, he said you can do anything in a race car. I know some of the guys that run shifters. Chad Dockin is a good buddy of mine. Uh, he amazes me. Anything he gets in, is he's fast. Uh, how he don't get tired, I don't know. Well, he doesn't like get he tired. Can... Look at him. He's a he, he's a he's a go kart racing machine. He's been doing it for so long. He probably he doesn't get tired. Anything. He can run it. Hey, listen. When I ran at that Lakeland track, the guy that I was racing against. When I did that back then, little Chad Dawkins, yep. about 17 years old, and we were like 25 or so, you know, and uh, this kid was, was great, man. He would just fly by you, and, and 50 laps for him was nothing. And to see him still racing today in, in the champ cars and also in the shifters, it doesn't surprise me at all because he was, if I, would, if I owned a go-kart, and I wanted somebody to drive it, that's the guy I'd go find to drive it. Him or Dustin. You know, Rob, um, I have a comment, too, at, at, and, and this is, is uh, you know, some applause for, for, for Phil and, and Mike and the other people that work with him in that series because not only do these guys go out and they put on a good show and they don't demand a lot of the, of the promoters and, uh, and they take care of their own business and, and all of that, but they have one of the best, most informative, most interesting um, – Elastic websites, probably of any traveling tour in Florida. Period, and uh, that adds to the to the dimensions of the series. And they might be little cars, but they operate in a big way. Well, what's the name of the website? Shuttlechampcartseries dot com. And I owe that all to Mike Portman. Mike does one heck of a job on that, and. The race reports he does after each race, it just not, when you read them, it, you, it's like you're there again. Let me see this website. Yeah. <laughs> Let yeah. me see this website. Yeah, Mike Portman, he does good with us. Oh, what happened? It didn't come up. Must One of these days, we're going to get Mike on this show, too, as uh, he keeps resisting our efforts. He likes to stay in the background, but uh, one of these days, we are going to get him on this show because he is... Um, he is uh, definitely one of the, I mean, I've been doing this media stuff for a long time, and he is very, very, very good at what he does. Yes, he is, and he's very knowledgeable about parting uh, past and present uh, with, you know, some of the older tracks and the older drivers and stuff like that. He's act- He actually raced against a bunch of the guys that you had on already. Uh, he actually stepped out of his cart this year uh, and let somebody else drive his cart. I'm trying that for the Triple Crown. It's a little rough for me to be the race director and race, so I go ahead and step out of the cart for the Triple Crown. I got Andy Lucero driving the cart there. Um, hopefully I can get something together. Like I said, uh, uh, I got one sitting in the garage I'm trying to get put together. Actually, tearing the destroyed one up tonight and uh, trying to get things together. And, and you mentioned Andy, and Andy now, too, is one of those guys. I mean, Cece Brooks, who's not here with us tonight, uh, she was a little under the weather tonight, but uh, she mentioned last week on this show, uh, uh, Andy, and uh, in reference to how much promotion he did 
Uh, he promotes himself a lot, and that in turn helps promote not only your series, but the tracks and racing in general in Florida. Right. I know he had a pretty good run uh, Friday night over Orlando with his truck. He finished eighth, so I congratulate him on that. Uh, you know, he's, he's learning, uh, working his way up through the, through the ranks there, and hopefully he goes far with it. All right. Go ahead, Rob. So, um, what is, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm on this website now, and I'm looking at all your drivers. I'm, I'm looking through the different drivers that are on here. You've got a lot of drivers. There must be, must be, you know, at least 60 drivers or so listed here. I don't have an actual number of how many drivers have asked for numbers and have been assigned numbers. I know there's been a bunch of them, um, and they keep coming. Which is, you know, which is great. Uh, we just we want to keep it going as long as we can. Uh, eventually, me and my wife will probably step aside and let somebody else take it over. But until then, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to keep trying to have fun. And, and where is your next event? Uh, my next event is at Auburndale Speedway on June 6th. It's the second race of the Triple Crown. All right. Cool. All right, Bill. Hold on one second, and uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna run over some uh, karting news uh, for this week. Um, this Saturday night, May 23rd, uh, Sumter County Motorsports Park near Bushnell is holding money races and many other karting classes at their one six mile dirt track. For more information, for more information, go to sumterracing.com. The Desoto Champ Kart Series competed at Charlotte County Motorsports Park this past Saturday night. Twenty one cars entered. Uh, J.D. Gordon won his seventh career series event, followed by Robin Pope Jr. in second, and Tim Simmons in third. Uh, let's see. Charlotte County Motorsports Park Drafting Cart Series is holding a $400 guaranteed to win race on May 30th. No minimum number of entries required. Uh, check out charlottecountyracing.com for more information on that. Now, what's that about, this uh, drafting cart series that Charlotte County's holding? you know anything about that? Yeah, well, Bobby Deal has his own little series down there that runs, I think, once a month uh, on non-conflicting dates with the DeSoto Champ Cart Series. They, they, they run the same rules as we apply to our series, and... Uh, they're just trying to build that series up a little bit, and they're bringing some money in. Uh, uh, Creative World Learning Center is donating some money. Uh, a gentleman named Jason Galini, he's also donating some money for the first. And I know there's quite a few of the guys from the DeSoto Champ Park Series that will be there uh, trying to claim that 400 hours. That's it. Throw a little money in there, Jack. They'll come. There you go. Come out of the woodwork. Uh, Especially Carter's, man. Stuff. You throw some money in there. They get so used to running for nothing. You throw some money in there, man. They come out like crazy. They'll have guys from West Palm there, um, Cocoa Beach, over that area. There's four or five guys. Darren Coker, I believe, is coming over. Ron Stanford, Ed Brillheit. There's quite a few of them going to be here. Uh, I, I, I expect probably in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 cars will be there. All right, that's May 30th at uh, Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Like I said, go to charlottecountyracing.com for more information. 
Uh, Phil, I thank you for coming on the show tonight with us and uh, taking time to talk to us about the DeSoto Champ Cart Series. Uh, for more information, you guys can go to DeSotoChampCartSeries.com. And uh, if you got any questions, um, how do they get a hold of you, Phil, if somebody wants to question you? Well, get my out your number on the website, and my email address is also on the website. They're on the bottom of the first page. Um, they can get a hold of me like that or come to one of the, one of the events that we have, and they can always find me. I'm, yeah. I'm one of the most, uh, I don't know how to put it, accessible guys, I guess you could say. <laughs> accessible. I, I You're very everybody. accessible. Yeah, very accessible. That's good. All right, man. Phil, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Mike Portman, uh, appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob, before we go to break here, um, Hildebrand Jewelers, of course, uh, sponsors are uh, Inside Florida Racing Driver of the Month every month and uh, provides the the awesome ring that's going to be awarded at the end of this year. That's right. If they want to see a picture of it, where do they got to go to see it? Well, I'm not sure. Now, now you threw me off. Do they? I looked for it. I couldn't find it. That's why. Ah, we have it on. Uh, we'll have to put that on InsideFloridaRacing.com or the RealRacingUSA.com uh, Florida Inside Florida Racing page. It's on an article that was published about the ring, but you're right. We need to put it on the ring on the uh, page so people can see it. Well, I think on the very front page of Karnak, we need something that says, "Are you?" Driver of the month. Material. Just so people will click on it so they can see what the driver of the month is. Yeah. Here we go. Talking out loud again, folks. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Inside Florida Racing. Uh, Todd Hutto's coming up. Todd Hutto's coming up. Todd Hutto. Oh, yeah. Bay Raceway.
Welcome back to uh, Inside Florida Racing, May 18, 2009. Rob, you know we always try to have appropriate music for our guests. Yeah, I guess uh, our guest was born to be wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Todd Hutto? Oh, not a whole lot. I, I guess uh, I guess that's appropriate. I'm not quite sure. Sometimes. <laughs> it's always good to have a little bit of wild side on you. Oh, yeah. Not a, not a problem there. <laughs> I guess you got to have that to be in your position. Uh, it helps. I can tell you that. <laughs> so what's happening? Well, we're... Uh, this past weekend, we didn't didn't have a whole lot of luck. Actually, it wasn't real wild, but it was kind of wet. So, uh, looking forward to next weekend when we have our big uh, Scott Thompson Memorial Race coming up the twenty uh, third. So, uh, looking forward to that. We usually have a pretty good late model car count uh, on a weekly basis, anyway. So, hopefully, uh, we get a few more in. Uh, <clears throat> we had Tyler Ivy in the pits last weekend. Of course, we didn't get to race, but we had a few extra guys come in trying to practice and get ready for this coming weekend and. Hopefully, I'd like to say we'd have about 30, 35 cars or so uh, in the pit area for that race. It's going to be fun, that's for sure. Yeah, should be a good race. Uh, I'd like to throw out a special plug to Air Gas. They've come on board with us. Uh, that's one of the uh, companies that's helping us with this weekend. And uh, it's just one of them deals that they're a, a member of the, the Thompson family, so to speak. That's where uh, Scott's mom works at and uh, they've come on board and, and really stepped up and helping the speedway out and helping us do some special things we're also doing lap sponsor money uh, for each and every lap of the race uh, plus it's 3800 to win a 50 lap race so it's a pretty special race Todd for those that don't know could you explain uh, who, who Scott is who he was to the track Scott is a young man that uh, grew up in Plant City uh, his dad Bill uh, raced uh, for many years at the at the Golden Gate Speedway, and then moved over. Uh, actually, him and Frank Johnson uh, teamed up to win uh, the track championship at East Bay Raceway. And uh, Scott came along, and he was a young man and started racing around 16, 17 years of age and, and quickly grew into a pretty fine young late model racer. Worked at his dad's uh, machine shop in Plant City and actually did a whole lot of work for me uh, with my Florida Mini Stock Challenge when I owned that and operated it, he did a lot of head work and all the different stuff with motors. And was a very sharp young man. And uh, he uh, traveled a lot, did a lot of traveling with the National Light Model Series, run Ray Miller's uh, National Light Model Series and the uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, the year before he got killed. And uh, he was a young, developed uh, driver and, and just an all-around great kid. And now did he uh, lose his life in a racing accident? No, actually, he was uh, he was headed home from the shop uh, on a Friday night after they had uh, loaded the race car up, getting ready to leave uh, that Saturday morning, headed to a race, and uh, didn't didn't quite make it home. He was about a mile from his house and uh, lost his life in an accident. Huh. What year was that? That was three years ago. Yeah, he was he was very popular, not only. Uh you know, at the local tracks, but especially in the National Late Model Series, right, Todd? Yeah, he was a very, very popular guy in the National Late Model Series. Um, the uh, whole family is one of those families that's just a good racing family. They've been around it a long, long time. And uh, Scott's uh, mom, Martha, actually raced at one time. And uh, I actually was fortunate enough to be around myself whenever I was a young kid to have my picture made with her and with Scott's dad, Bill, in Victory Lane before. So that's pretty, 
I've, I've known the family myself uh, pretty much my whole life. I uh, spent a lot of time growing up uh, with their oldest son uh, back and forth at, you know, during the summer from my house to his house. And so I've known the family for, for pretty much my whole life, and, and uh, they're great people. But what kind of special festivities are going to be going on for this memorial race? Well, we got a lot of stuff. we got uh, a lot of giveaways to do. Uh, the family's doing a lot of stuff with checkered flags and different things. We usually... I ain't going to give away all my secrets, so to speak, but we do usually do some stuff uh, just before the race. And, uh, of course, uh, the sisters will be out. They'll help do the uh, command of gentlemen start your engines. And, uh, like I say, we have lap sponsors. Lap 38 will be a special lap. Uh, that will be sponsored by uh, National Pipe Service, which is uh, Doug Hawkins. He is a family friend, and he usually, usually helps out uh, – the race leader on lap 38, usually in a pretty big way. Uh, that was Scott's number, and usually lap 38 is kind of circle in everybody's book. Yeah, and it's also one of those races that the drivers, there's just certain races that uh, stand out for, for, for the drivers, and this is one that these guys, especially the guys that, that, that race, uh, you know, really go after the, the dirt late model deal. Um, this is one they really want to win. Yeah, we do a, we do a special trophy. Um it's not actually, I guess it's a trophy, it's something you can hang up in your house, but it's not a, a six-foot-tall trophy, it's actually a, a, a electric guitar with uh, Scott's car and his number and stuff on it, and air gas will be on there, and of course the East Bay logo, and that's just a special trophy, it's probably one of the most expensive trophies you ever receive, um, but it is actual real working electric guitar. Too cool. So that's a lot, cool. Of, lot of neat stuff. Yeah, so now... You're going to, of course, you'll have, who are some of the drivers there that, that East Bay, that, that uh, local guys that, that you know for sure is going to be there? Well, when I say all of them, I'd say most of them will be there. Um, <clears throat> one comes to mind is Jeff Matthews. He's definitely yeah. on everybody's radar right now. He's won a lot of races this year. Absolutely. Um, and, and talking about how special this race is, Jeff himself, I wanted to come out and practice last week and this week, even before the race, as many races as he has won this year already. I mean, he's still wanting to come out and practice and be sure he's 100%. He wants he wants this race. Um, but uh, I'm sure that, that uh, Keith Nosby should be here and David Smouse. And, and uh, I'll tell you, a young gun that's been coming on here uh, that's been really, really good here in the last few races has been David Poland. He's uh, come over from the asphalt and been running the dirt. And he's... Uh, Finished second in a couple of big races here, so uh, he's been he's been right on Jeff's back bumper here the last couple of races. Been oh. one, probably one of the best races I've seen two weeks ago uh, between uh, David and, and Jeff and actually Wallace Peacock. So uh, a great race. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, and I'm sure you'll get some of the guys from from afar coming in as well. Um, yeah, I seen uh, like I say Tyler Ivy was here last weekend. He was he was prepared to uh, go out and, and get some laps in and get ready. Um, he's one that necessarily don't frequent East Bay during the regular season, but he's always there during the nationals and he, he reruns some of the Lucas Oil races and different stuff. Uh, John Kellen's been down. Uh, Rich Pratt's been down. So we should have a pretty good crowd. But Todd, how's the track look after five inches of rain? Well, I got plenty of boats out back that we can float and go fish and do whatever we need to do. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, it's been great to have this rain, though, man. Hadn't it? 
It's well, we have rain here all day. I live about three miles from the track, and we it started raining this morning about seven thirty, and it has sprinkled and rained all day long. So yeah, uh, I'm right there yeah. with you. I've been in Tampa. That's where I live. So it seems like it has rained all day today. Yeah, it has. <laughs> we I think Saturday night, believe it or not, we got at yeah, six o'clock. I, after I did the driver's meeting, I went back up to the office real quick while they started practice, and I looked at the radar, and there was nothing on the radar. At six ten. Before I left the office, I had some things to take care of, and I looked at the radar. I'm like, where'd that come from? Yeah, it poured. And it opened up and just absolutely flooded. We got an inch and a half rain in about 25 minutes. Yeah, it was pretty unbelievable Saturday night how hard it rained for that period of time. So that kind of kind of did us in for Saturday night. But uh, like I said, we got a full racing card. Not only do we have the uh, Scott Thompson Memorial Race, but we also have the Open Wheel Modified the uh, East Bay Sprints to be here, the Outlaw Fours and the Four Cylinder Bombers, plus it's the ever-popular $1 hot dog night. So uh, a lot of stuff. Wow. You just uh, you just reminded me of something. You mentioned Jeff Matthews a little earlier, and uh, fans that come out to see this might get a chance to see him do it again. He's done it before. Yep, he's done it before. He did it uh, the opening night of the season. He won the Open Wheel Modified and Late Models. And, uh, and he's, uh, he's seriously going for both championships in, in two different classes. And unless unless something breaks on his car, he has some pretty bad luck. He'll definitely be in contention in both races without a doubt. Oh yeah, he's uh he's focused. Like I say, he's he's one of the few that uh, even though he's been leading the points or whatever, I mean he's he's serious about it. He's coming out and and he's at ever practice with both cars and doing everything he can do to win. You know, Todd, when we were up there uh, doing that live show on Thursday night a couple of months ago and. Uh, and Jeff was there with some of his buddies and stuff, and uh, you were there that night. Uh, when he came up and talked with uh, Rick, Angie's Bill Green, and myself, um, I, that was one of the imp- things I went home with in my head was uh, he um, his intensity for what he wants to accomplish this year that night was very evident, and it stuck with me when I left, and uh, I'm sure it did everybody else that was there as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's focused, no doubt. And- and and I tell Jeff, and I, I'm not scared to say it over the radio, Jeff's one of those guys that three or four years ago, me and him would go toe-to-toe or, or do whatever he would say, to, so to speak, make a mistake or, or whatever, and we would end up in a, an argument or whatever. But he's come 360, and his driving ability has just uh, been 100% turnaround. And he is focused, and he's just winning races. He's, like I say, he's ever practiced, doing everything he can do to, to make sure he wins both championships. Yeah, bottom line, if you got a hankering, that especially people that have never been to East Bay Raceway Park, and there's a bunch of them in Florida, guys, people in, 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 that have never seen a dirt late model race, ah, man, you got to go. I, I tell people all the time it's some of the best racing you'll ever see, but it's a fact. I've, I've, been around East Bay my whole life, pretty much. Been to a lot of other racetracks, of course, doing the other series and stuff that I used to do. But each and every week, it just amazes me. I mean, two weeks ago, the last time we ran, it was one of the, probably one of the best late model races I've seen again. And I keep saying that over and over and over, but it's just amazing what these guys do. And, uh, I mean, just three, four, four wide racing around that place is crazy. Guy can go. Guy can be running in eighth spot and in one lap. Being third without you even, I mean, it's like, how did he do that, you know? And it, and it happens quick, man. Yep, that, that's uh, that's what David Poland did a couple weeks ago. 
and I would have to say that's probably not necessarily learned, but that's when he learned how to drive dirt. I mean, he went from eighth or ninth to third in a race with Jack Nosbish, Keith Nosbish, and Jeff Matthews, ended up second, and then come back the next week and ended up second again. And, uh, I mean, he just... All of a sudden, here's here's David Poland. He's he's on the radar map. Yeah, there you go. Well, when you run with those guys, you're definitely going to get on the radar. No doubt about it. That's cool, Todd. Well, we'll look forward to being there this uh, Saturday night. We'll be there broadcasting um, live over the Internet, uh, Internet radio. And uh, we're going to put a little extra uh, into this particular production. And uh, we know a ton of people. Of course, people may be at other races that night, won't be able to catch it. But uh, you know what? A ton of people listen to those things after the fact, which is an amazing thing in itself. And, uh, yep. Hey, Todd, let me ask you something. Yes. We were talking to Dave Westerman earlier tonight. I don't know if you were listening or not. They were talking about at Volusia that they're uh, putting their shows on the Internet. They're going to put them on there where people can purchase it. you ever thought about something like that? I mean, I know that Jack, uh, Jack that you were asking, uh, giving him a little ribbon there uh, during the – Dave Westerman's interview when we start talking about it, and I think you were acting like the promoter side. <laughs> and I just wonder, in talking to Todd, do you see an issue with showing your races live? Internet television. Internet television. Um, as they're happening, do you think that it would cause people not to go to the races? I think it's a, a win-lose. I believe it would help in some cases, and I believe, yes, we would lose in some cases. Yep. Um, we have very little race fans at each and every track we go to. Yep. Some tracks have more, some tracks have less. But uh, I believe there is a certain percentage that would maybe not do their honeydews or whatever and have to stay home and, and catch that hour and a half or two hours or whatever they wanted to do, the special race they wanted to see, and maybe not show up to the track. And, right. then, um, and then you could also pick up fans um, – who have not exactly. been to the track or have not seen dirt late model racing or dirt sprints or whatever, and say, "Holy cow, I got to go see that." So it, you're probably right; it's a wash. I, yeah, I, I, I believe it's a wash. And, and the, I was fixing to mention our prices. You know, the, the biggest thing we try to do is keep our prices uh, as affordable as possible, so the families can come out. And, and again, this week, even with a huge late model race and a, a pretty big purse, in my opinion. Um, the purse, the, the prices to get into the grandstands and the pits stay the same. It's $25 in the pits. It's $12 for adults in the grandstands. Seniors are 10. Uh, children up to 12 are free. And we also have a 13 to 17 year age bracket. It's only $7. Um, and we, we've done that all year. We've never changed our prices. And, and that, you know, if you want to put it on the internet, I think you can. Uh, maybe the special races, I don't know. If you know, about our case, about doing it each and every week uh, just yet. Um, but I think one day, yes, that's possible. Yeah, Yeah, because I was just thinking is that, you know, they're going to get charged. I don't know who's going to make the money in their deal. They were talking about $5. Um, it's something to think about because yeah. there's a lot of, especially with East Bay Raceway, because East Bay is more well-known than Volusia, well, I guess in the in the dirt racing ranks they're probably kind of equal, but East Bay's got to be a little bit more well known because of uh, the hype from the Winter Nationals that goes on and all those folks that are in 
these other states that come down here and race, I think it would give them an opportunity to get to watch racing at your racetrack during the year. That's my thought on it. Yeah, well, it's it. I, I pretend to agree that I think it's one of those things. Right at this point, for most tracks, special events, I can see it. I can't really. I, I, there's so much expenses involved. It's got to be co- not cost effective to do every week. Yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But who knows? We'll see yeah, you Saturday. People, we'll, you pay people to use the uh, cameras anymore. <laughs> we'll see you Saturday night, Todd. All righty. Well, I enjoyed it. I say hope for everybody to come out. And we'll have a good weekend of racing. Hope to see you at races. All right. Thanks. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. East Bay Raceway Park, Saturday night, the Scott Thompson Memorial, and that's going to be one hell of a late model race on dirt. Um, Rob, we got to take a quick break. we still got two guests that we got to squeeze in here. we got to go over to uh, to the Fast Car Meeting, and then we got to go get an update on Henry County, and we're going to run through the schedule for the first two weeks down there. Okay, let's do it. This is Inside Florida Racing, and uh, we're, uh, we have uh, Joe Lewandowski from Fast Car on the line. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, we've been covering some ground here. Um, what's the latest and greatest in Fast Car world? Well, I'll tell you what. We probably had, the, we had an unbelievable spectator drag racing last uh, Saturday night at New Smyrna Speed. We had 14 entrants. And we ran off the runoffs, and then we had a big 12-car, five-lap free-for-all for 200 bucks, winner-take-all, and it was unbelievable. It was probably the best race of the night. And we also had a great modified race with uh, Tank Tucker uh, uh, pulling off the big win. So it was a good night of racing. All right. I thought that there was a little sad point there that uh, Miss Peggy Kincaid Yeah, that was on. Un- yeah, Peggy was 
very special lady at New Smyrna. I've only been here like a little bit less than a year, getting to know her, and uh, very, very a great lady. Uh, she'd ask me every every Saturday night, "Hey, where's my son? Where's Gregory? Where's Gregory?" I say, "Well, Peggy, he doesn't. He's he's at home." Well, he needs to be here. You know, she'd always ask about Gregory. She'd bring candy and cake upstairs. She was a great, great lady, and she will be uh, missed very dearly by all of us in the in this new Smyrna Speedway fast car family. Uh, tell us about the fan participation deal now. What happened? You had yeah, twelve yeah, cars no, we, that went fast. Yeah, we had fourteen. We had fourteen cars, and we did the old runoffs, and then we had actually twelve of the twelve of the fourteen cars stick around and do the five lap. Uh, free-for-all race it was great it was you know what you know we talk about entertaining that customer and that was something that that uh hugh deary said long long time ago and you know what the people went crazy during the race you know it's about it's as stupid as could be but it's it's unbelievable how good it was the people were crazy and you know what it goes back to entertainment jack you're a purist rob you're a purist i'm a purist we love hardcore short track racing but sometimes, you know, you got to have something more than just hardcore short track racing. So, what kind of cars did the fans? Oh, have? we had BMWs, we had truck, we had pickup trucks, we had Camaros. We, it was unbelievable. Anybody? Like Monte anybody, Carlos. Anything happened? No, it, we came close a couple times. Came close a couple times, but uh, oh, nothing, nothing happened. Well, you never know. There's always the next one. Well, <laughs> and, and you know, the, and the crazy thing is that this is only the second time we've done this. We haven't done it in a couple of years. I could see by the end of the year we might have twenty or thirty cars. Up. So wait a minute, you're saying that you had twelve cars? Yeah, Jack, you got it. Now listen, wait, twelve cars went out on the track of just regular fans with their regular cars. They ran five laps, caution free. Sure did. Nobody spun out. Everybody was careful. They all started. We started from a dead. We started them off from a dead start. And was, you know what? They got twelve fans. Love what? racing now, and there was. I'm assuming there were some passes made during this uh, five lap race. Oh, there was tons of passing. Yeah, some instructions. Yeah, so uh, so maybe some instructions <laughs> for some of the other yeah. guys. Oh yeah, the insurance. Yeah, oh, exactly right. You all joke about insurance. You know how do you how do you explain to your insurance agent when you wall your car at New Smyrna Speedway? I went inside the store, came out, there it was. <laughs> but, hey, this Saturday night we got round three of the uh, Bright House Challenge Series. It'd be a good rate. Um, Boggy Creek is sponsoring the event. You know, B.J. McLeod's back racing with us. So, you know, it should be really good. I could see a heck of a race between, you know, I'd say that I call it the big three here. would be Timmy Russell, uh, David Rogers, and uh, B.J. And I talked to Wayne Anderson tonight. He's not coming. So it, uh, those three guys should put a good show on. I think Jeremy Colangelo is going over to uh, the Pensacola Mobile doubleheader. So should be good. Good. Good night of stock racing is coming uh, Saturday night. Fifty laps, right? Fifty laps for the super lates. All right, on the high, fast, and what the fastest uh, half mile? Actually, the fastest short track in Florida these days, no doubt, huh? No doubt about that. All right, Joe. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Okay, Next bye. week we'll talk to you. Thanks. Bye. Greg, you there? All right. Hey, uh, here we go, Rob. We're going down to uh, Henry County. We're going to be right back. We're not even going to. We're, we're going to be gone like less than a minute. We'll be right back with the latest actual from right. I mean, as close to Henry County as you can get. We'll be right back.
get the best damn bait. Sharpen up the tip. Tried the riverbank, but I done give him a slip. Cause I'm a frog leg man. Nobody gigs like I can. File under the tip. I'm the frog leg man. All right, Tomcat, I want to hear you do it now. And we're back. Inside Florida Racing. Who do we have on the line, Jack? We have David uh, Augsburger. And, David, you have been involved uh, from uh, all along uh, on the ground down in Henry County uh, Motorsports Park helping uh, Ken Kenny in all kinds of ways, getting this place uh, ready for its July 18th opening. Um, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Uh, we talked to your son earlier tonight, and he, as always, he was a treat. But now let's get down to grass tacks. What's going on? at Henry County. what? How is it coming along? Well, we've hauled in 200 loads of that nice blue gumbo clay, which is just as sticky, and, you know, it's some beautiful stuff for dirt racing. And um, Larry's got it mostly shaped up, and um, he's mixing it in with the um, material that's there because they feel like it's really a little bit too sticky. David, if I'm not mistaken now, this is the Everglades clay it comes from a very secret location deep in the Everglades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, secret location about a thousand yards from the track. <laughs> he gave it away. He gave it away. I can't believe it. <laughs> so go ahead. Fill us in, man. And so they've, you know, they've, Larry's down there getting it shaped up. We, I was down there again today doing a little bit of work on the grader and the front end loader. And, um. He's, you know, he's added quite a bit of bank to the track. As everyone that's run there knows, in turn four, it was always, it flattened out quite a bit too much, and it was pretty hateful that the, to get through turn three and four, so they're trying to get that repaired and just getting her dialed in so we're ready to go racing. And uh, what are some of the other uh, changes that you've seen uh, coming along at the track besides the surface itself? Um, Ken's gotten all the bleachers repainted, and then a lot of the small items with the county. He's redone the bathrooms over there, and he's got the the um, the drain field repaired, and um, he um, built a containment around the fuel tank, so it's all legal. And you know, just a bunch of cleaning up and trying to get the place dialed in so it's ready to go. So on week one, July 18th, the first week uh, Henry County Motorsports Park opens uh, under a uh, the ownership of Ken Kenny, we have uh, sportsman, street stocks, many stocks, pure stocks, and then a late model, $1,200 to win, 30-lap feature, and uh, with a guaranteed, somebody's going to get a guaranteed spot in the, the Kim Allen Memorial, the $10,000 to win late model race later in the year. And then on week two, um, again, I guess we have the uh, V8 Bombers. Uh, I do believe the sportsman, if I can read my handwriting. Uh, street stocks, uh, Henry County Motorsports Park mini stocks, and a $800 to win modified, open wheel modified uh, race. And that's so on the first night, the big deal is, you know, the big, the, the special features, the late models, and uh, on the week two, the modifieds, but also, of course, the sportsman, the V8, uh, bomber, street stocks, mini stocks, pure stocks. A lot of racing going to go on down there. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I think that also we're going to see 
the late model track record, which I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that Keith Nosbish during the Kim Allen Memorial turned to 15.5, and I expect him to better that by more than a second. So, you know, it should be, be some awesome racing. This is not going to be the same Henry County Speedway as it is the Henry County Motorsports Park. Uh, from what you've seen, is this going to be a completely different racetrack at the same location? Yeah, the only thing it's going to be is in the same location. Yeah. You know, beyond that, that with the new material on it, uh, I believe it's just going to be night and day. I mean, it rained just a little bit today, and when we tried to walk across the track, that stuff was an inch thick on our shoes. You know, it just, you know, there's, there's just no comparison to what was there before. Yeah, I remember... Uh... Uh, I think uh, Larry Thacker uh, called up Billy o- uh, Osborne at some point in the last few weeks and asked him if it was possible to have the track too tacky. Yeah. Well, you know, before you couldn't make a mud ball out of it, you know, it would just crumble in your hands even when it was wet. Right. And now, I mean, it's unbelievable how sticky it is. Going to be amazing. Also, race receivers now are going to be uh, mandatory, not on opening uh, night, but uh, they are going to become a mandatory item in uh eight six three two four one seven three eight eight. That's eight six three two four one seven three eight eight to reach Billy Osborne. He will uh, arrange uh for you to get a race receiver, but uh, they are gonna become mandatory, which yeah. will speed up the program as it always does. Oh yeah, the race the race receivers are the way to go. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So let me take you to a little different angle. What does a 13-year-old do with $1,200 if they win? He puts it in his bank account for his college fund. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> keep the money as long as he puts it in the bank. Practical. Practical <laughs> man. Wasting all his um, college fund on late model race, and I figure that's his only chance. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. You got a good deal going. You guys got a good track, six and open up. Your stunt's doing really well there, racing, and sounds like he's got a great future ahead of him. And looks like some of these old guys better start tightening up. These young guys are really taking over. Oh yeah, his his little buddy Max Bennett. You know about him too. The other night at Ocala, he won. He ended up getting thrown out for not being on the right tires. But is that right? Yeah, and you know he's just fourteen years old. Yeah, you know, they're not even old enough to ride, to race in the DeSoto Champ Car Series. Right. But, you know, these boys, <laughs> they, they've raced since they were four years old. So, And what did they start in? Oh, Max and Christian both ran go-karts, dirt go-karts. Imagine that. They pretty much raced together. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. That's what, the, that's what the DeSoto Champ Car Series is, is go-karts. Yeah. you got to be 15 years old to run it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's it's now. What do you think? People say uh, you you you're down that area. You live down in that area around uh, close in the LaBelle area, and you know people who don't know are always saying to me, uh, "It's out in the middle of nowhere. How are you going to get fans there?" And and uh, you know my my few trips that I've been down there, I've had been down there four or five times, and uh, uh, not just to the races at the track, but you know, been down in that area lately, and uh, in the last, you know, year I've been down there four or five times, and it seems to me it's not really that far. It seems to me that that place is is located just about perfectly. It's far enough away from things to to not 
have to worry about uh, encroaching on, uh, you know, uh, neighborhoods. But it's, you know, it, it's not that far, not that. It's just about right. How do you feel about it? Well, and it's centrally located between Miami and West Palm Beach. And for us, you know, the next closest track for us is over 200 miles away. There you go. Which is, like, which, if if you were up is, north, you'd have to drive to some some other state to go racing. Right. As far as dirt tracks, you know, we have, I, I believe, East Bay is the closest. It's about 210 or 15 miles. Then Ocala is about 230 and it's a little over 200 to Volusia from here. Amazing. So, you know, I always tell Christian we've got it bad that we drive that far to race. Now, let me ask you, what's the buzz down there? Is there Are people talking about this in the racing community, or in, in the neighborhood? Are they talking about this stuff? Oh, absolutely. Everyone's excited because most people just aren't able to travel that far to race. You know, the guy with the, with the mini stock or the street stock, they're just, you know, Going a couple hundred miles away is just too much. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, they're hoping that we can have a place where we can have some fun. And, you know, Larry Thacker, he's down there sweating blood every day trying to make it all happen. Yeah. So uh, we get some practice dates in uh, June, and that's uh, on the website, henrycountyracing.com, for that information. And uh, it all gets started with a bang on July 18th. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, it should be awesome. We'll... We'll let you know. I'm sure Christian will be out there in the next maybe three weeks and get to turn just a few laps and see how the track is. And as soon as we we know something, we'll let you know. All right, David. Thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with us here on Inside. Oh, yes, sir, Jack. Thanks for having us on. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. All right. You going to come down there for opening night, Rob? Oh, I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah, we need to get you down there, man. This is going to be the one... Uh, one a very special day in Florida uh, racing because the track has been through so many different owners. This time it's opening in a whole different. Uh, it's like he said. There's the no, only thing about that track that's going to be the same is the the fact that it's in the same location. So should should be interesting. We'll be at uh, East Bay Raceway Park this Saturday night live broadcast of the Scott Thompson Memorial. You got some closing thoughts, Rob? Uh, no, I learned a lot tonight, though, as usual. Uh, next week, we're going to have Lake Speed on. We're going to learn a lot, a lot more. He's going to tell us about uh, old times in kart racing, and sure, we'll get into the NASCAR stuff. So uh, sure, we'll be spending a little bit longer than our normal karting segment time. Yeah, and, and who knows? We'll probably not be able to get another interview with uh, Ryan Hunter Ray if he happens to do a spectacular uh in the Indy race. Um, well, when is the Indy race? We'll have to wait our turn. It's when? next week, isn't it? Next, isn't it? We're, we're celebrating, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in America, we're celebrating our Memorial Day holiday a little early this year. Well, we'll just have to see how it goes. We'll wait our turn. We will eventually get Ryan Hunter Ray back. All right. Same time next week, so uh, Inside Quarter Race will be airing. And uh, you, uh guys or gals out there that think you deserve to be the driver of the month for May. For May. Um, you need to be getting in contact with us. Feedback. We're already starting to get a few ideas of who yep. the driver of the month is. Send your comments, thoughts, or whatever to feedback at realracingusa.com. 
We'll see you next week. Take